Welcome to episode 22 of the New Rules for Your Life and Your Business podcast. Thanks for listening. Every day, our world is shifting and changing. New technology, new traditions, new relationships, responsibilities, and challenges. How can you keep up? Through the new rules for your life and your business podcast, where transformation expert Holly Rovinger and her expert guests share how you can not only survive, but thrive in this new world. Holly believes that when you get back to basics and truly engage with your life and your business, you become empowered and can elevate the way you're living. Here now is your host, Holly Rovinger. Thanks so much, Morgan. Welcome to New Rules for Your Life and Your Business, the podcast that is dedicated to helping you cut through the chaos so you can experience personal and professional growth. You will hear stories, insights, and new rules to live by from myself and my guests that are born out of real-life experiences. The stories are inspiring and motivating, and I encourage you to take at least one golden nugget from each episode and apply it to your life or your business. The topic for today is follow the yellow brick road. My guest is Greg Centennio, and some of the highlights in this episode are learn how he raised $110 million with a friends and family business model, what you need to feel inside to take a project from an idea into reality. You'll also hear the one thing that Greg is afraid of, and how to live your life, follow your dreams. That and more today on the New Worlds Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by The Empress Cloth on Amazon. TheEmpressCloth.com. Check it out. Save time, save money, save the environment. A much healthier way to clean for you, your family, your loved ones, and your pets. If Greg Centineo had a title, it could be Catalyst for Life Change, Project Promoter, or Seeker of Meaning. His career is indefinable but a series of seemingly unrelated experiences brought him to where he is today, aiming to increase people's wealth by raising capital for one of Hollywood's most exciting and monumental projects, the Legends of Oz 3D animated film franchise. Greg was never interested in working in the space of filmmaking, but implored repeatedly over the course of months to conduct the funding by the CEO of Summer Entertainment, the film and franchise's production company. He didn't think movies were good money makers, and he was already involved in private equity endeavors. But a what-if feeling prevailed, and sleepless nights grew more frequent. So, Greg, take it away from there. Um, starting with, you started feeling what-if. Kind of that Peter Pan feeling. That's right. That's great. Um yeah, and the what if is is now coming to reality for us today, just about 28 days away from a wide release launch worldwide. And um, our dream came to reality. Uh, and so that one, I'm so glad we, we grabbed that what if and, and, and let it lead us. Um, so yeah, it's really great to, to, to be here years later now, almost seven years, almost eight years later. Um, and a lot of energy, <clears throat> tremendous amount of of, of, of efforts and money and talent has gone into the overall franchise to literally um, will into existence what the dream was years ago. 
Well, so, so Greg, tell us, it actually started as somebody else's dream. And then before you knew it, it became your dream. It did. And Ryan Carroll and, and his, his team of executives at summertime back in 2005 kind of hit a crossroad, you know, in their own, in their own lives personally, especially Ryan and uh, wanted to do something big, wanted to kind of acquiesce themselves from, from the live action film industry and do something on a very, very big scale. And that would be animation. And they chose to, they chose to grab the, the, some of the copyrights to Wizard of Oz sequels written by Roger Baum, who's the great grandson of the author of the Wizard of Oz. And, and they, um, and Ryan decided to, to take that dream and, and jump with it and uh, try to make it a reality. So it was Ryan's dream. And over time it became, you know, hundreds and thousands, not hundreds of thousands, but hundreds of peoples and, and over, well over a thousand others around the world really embraced the dream and helped make it a reality. So what, what model is this? I know um, Gary had talked with the audience about the different uh, ways people can raise money, you know, doing crowdfunding. You know, one of them is, oh, you know, hey, if you donate money, we'll give you a free T-shirt or a free book or a free product. But this is a different model. So can you explain this model exactly? I mean, you're making it sound like, okay, you did it. But, you know, this is a lot of hard work, a lot of hours, a lot of sweat was put into this. It was. It was an amazing endeavor, um, almost a miraculous uh, achievement for all of us that were involved in the overall franchise, you know, from, from the raising of $110 million, which was the goal, um, to launch a, a full franchise. And the model, you know, really, I don't know if it exists. It just, it, it, you know, it's very, you have to be, I wouldn't call it crowdfunding at all because we were under very, very rigid guidelines from the SEC and on raising equity. Um, it just, it really kind of, it took a life on of its own. It's just kind of matriculated, um, from, to friends and family. And, you know, we had a very good idea. I think it all stemmed with a great idea. We had a good business model, a really good business model. Um, we were playing with a very recognizable brand, you know, with the Wizard of Oz and, um, and it happened to fall during a time when the economy, not only domestically, but internationally was a disaster. And um, so those, all those factors came into play. And I think when we presented, and I think the way we presented the project with, was real honesty and authenticity, you know, it was a risk, very high risk back in the early days. Matter of fact, we, Hollywood would tell people in the early days, the truth, you're going to lose your money if you put it in here. And they would, say, they would say, then why should I put it in? Just in case we pull it off. Right. And that's the what if. That's, that's the, the what, what if. if. So, you know, I think that, that really, um, for us, it, it became, like I said, it was a great opportunity. And again, people are looking for opportunities every single day. So we had a great opportunity. We had a great brand. We went in a great industry, which is animation. And, um, and, and the economies were a mess. You know, traditional investments were on fire here in the States. You know, real estate, 401ks, stock markets. It was a nightmare for people. So this kind of became a little bit of hope for people that if these guys can literally make this happen, this can, this can actually be my, my ticket out in some way. So I, and so people just shared the story with their friends and family un, un, unsolicited. We never, we didn't ask them to do it. They would just, they were so excited about those elements and those factors that they would share the story with friends and family. And this really became a friends and family project. Well, I like that, that aspect of it. So, 
in other words, the model is more people would would donate money, but then they would get a piece of the pie. Is that more or less the model? Yeah, there was no donations. This, you know, it wasn't you know, it wasn't one of those startups. You know, um, it was it was an investment opportunity. It, it provided people with an opportunity to invest in the project. The project the project's model and structure was really outstanding, and um, it was offering each investor a piece of the ownership of all of the copyrights and intellectual properties of what we were building. And when you get into animation, I don't know how much you want me to get into the model, uh, Holly, I'll do anything you want today, but, but you know, that was a great opportunity to own the rights to what you were creating, which basically, you know, interpreted is you get a, you, you get a piece of all revenue and all markets worldwide in perpetuity. That's so, and when you deal in the animation industry, which is all about dolls, toys, games, music, anything that you can monetize, that can become very lucrative over time. And so that structure was in place. Uh, investors came in, you know, rolling the dice as they knew. You know, we had no experience. We had no credibility in the, in the industry of animation. But people believed, you know, and, and I got to tell you, Holly, um, it's, it all stems from belief and passion. And, you know, I'm a very passionate guy. And I'm not passionate about everything. I'm passionate about things I, I believe in. So if I can't believe in something, I don't do it. Because if I don't believe in it, I won't be passionate. So that's why I'm a passionate guy. People say, guy, every time I talk to you, you're really passionate. Because I do things that I believe in only. And so, and that's contagious. And, you know, the truth is, Holly, no matter how you slice it, you, you have to will your dreams, your ideas into existence. No one's going to do it for you. It just doesn't happen. You don't plant seeds and, and water them and walk away and all of a sudden you got your project. It grows. No. It's a constant, it's a constant massaging of what you believe internally in and of yourself. My brother said to me the other day, we were talking about, he said, your, your, your ability not to waver from belief. And it doesn't mean not being realistic because there were times when we were in danger of collapsing the project. But the ability to to stay focused and hang on to that internal belief that you're going to do this, we're going to do this, um, and it's not it's you know it's not this sense of sit down and keep saying I'm going to do it. It's get up and create action to make it happen. So people are drawn to that. People are attracted to that, and um, and they knew even if we didn't win, they were willing to go along for the ride. So was there any particular type of person that was willing to invest or was it just the whole gamut? Well, you know, it's no what I've learned is, you know, it takes a certain type of person. There are people out there that will never do anything but a savings account or an IRA. That's that's it doesn't matter. It it, it didn't matter if I talked to that type of person 7 years ago or I talked to them yesterday, hypothetically. And the film's going out. It's all over the place. You can see it everywhere. It's got licensing. All the toys, you know, we just released toys on Toys R Us shelves two weeks ago, and they sold out in three days. So even with all that, that person still wouldn't invest into a project like this because they're not, they're just not cut out to do something like this. So it really is a certain type of person. It really is. And, um, and we tell, I would tell people all the time, this ain't for you. If you can't get comfortable, and I'll sit here all day and answer as many questions you can ask at the end of the day if you're not comfortable do not do it that's the reality yeah yeah and I think if I had to describe the type of person I think the type of person has that mindset they believe in Peter Pan 
because it makes sense. They are willing to to go that whole mindset route of what you did. What if? You know, what if this is the next big thing? And not just being a, a gambler, like, okay, I'm going to try my money, but knowing in your heart you're putting, you know, your money into something that could really blossom. You know, what if this is the one, you know? That's right. It's calculated it's calculated risk taking. I and I am a calculated risk taker. People sometimes, you know, if you if you hang around with me for a couple of weeks, I kind of I kind of got. You know, we were out to dinner on Sunday night with a bunch of friends that, that that spent some time with me in Park City, Utah. And by the way, they were talking. You would think I put put them in the most dangerous situations of mountain mountain biking. They were horrified. The truth <laughs> was, it, was it, it wasn't. You know, in their world, it was very frightening because they never did it before. I had them at ten thousand feet on a trail that was only eighteen inches wide, and there was a cliff to the right of them. So in their mind, that was the most treacherous, dangerous situation they could have been in. But it was for me. I understood the risk. It wasn't. I knew the percentages of them being able to stay on that trail, et cetera. It'd still be an ex- exposure to it, but it's calculated. And I'm a calculated risk taker. And I looked at this seven years ago, almost eight years ago, and I thought to myself, because I'm only, you only have so many years in the world, and so you're only going to see so many opportunities. And I thought to myself, this was a really great opportunity, one that probably would never come to fruition, but yet a great opportunity. And I did my calculated um, analysis of it. And I thought to myself, I got to get involved in this because if we can do it, gosh, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an arduous climb to the top of this mountain, but if we can do it, um, this can be absolutely beneficial, not only to me and to, and to the production company, but to the many investor partners that would come into the project and participate. And even, even their, their kids and potentially their grandkids would benefit from something like this. So that became... That became the vision and the focus. I always say our producer, which is Bonnie Radford, hated when I said this, but I, I don't care about animation. I don't care about animation in children's films. I care about great business models, business structures that, that give, give people an opportunity um, to, to, to monetize if it works. And that's, that's what kind of drove me in this whole project and it matriculated into what it is today, which is now a major animation brand out in the uh, in the animation industry well you know it's interesting a lot of people listening perhaps are entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs um, and, and a lot of the listeners in particular are baby boomer women and what you said is key is you've got to have a brand and there is in, in my opinion really <laughs> you know not a better brand than the Wizard of Oz I mean there's just so many spin-offs from it over time that people have gravitated to. I mean, you, you only have to look on Broadway last year, you know, that, uh, God, it's like skipping my mind. Wicked, Wicked was an amazing musical. Oh my God. You know, one of the best ones I've ever seen, which again, it's the brand. It's the brand. And that's, you kind of make a, you make a determination on that. I mean, we looked at the, I mean, I looked at the brand of the Wizard of Oz years ago, you know, it's, it's, it's today, it's 115 years old. It's been going since 1899. Um, it's, it's in, according to the library of Congress, it's the most watched movie ever in history. Um, you know, it's, it's Wikipedia has it as one of the most loved films of all time. 
you know, it's still going strong today, not only as itself, but as you said, you have Wicked, the prequel, and there's just so much going on in the industry today for network television and cable. It's all doing Wizard of Oz series. And, you know, there was a poll taken by Journal Sentinel online a few years ago, and 99% of the people polled had seen The Wizard of Oz. 99%. Now, listen, I, I don't need a brick house to follow me at that point. This is a powerful brand. And no one in the animation world in industry had ever created an animated featured film surrounding any Oz story type and put it on theater screens. It's never happened in the history of The Wizard of Oz. And you're talking about a demographic that is lucrative. The Lego movie opening weekend a few weeks ago did $69 million, outperformed Frozen, which did $67 million. Frozen did almost $400 million in a domestic box office and over a billion worldwide. Lego is already approaching $300 million domestic and will probably finish $750 million worldwide. So the numbers in the animation industry are staggering. I thought, what if we can take a brand that if someone's 95 years old, they know about it. If someone's 11 or 9, they know about it. And you can take that brand and, 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 and mold it into one of the most powerful uh, industries, which is animation, storytelling, and, and put it on theater screens worldwide. You can affect every demographic that's out there, not only children 6 through 12. And I think we're right. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and I and I think you're spot on too. So, Greg, how did how did Ryan Carroll find you? Like, what's the connection? You know, we had a mutual friend that just as life works, it's it's networks, and it was a mutual friend um, that it was that worked with Ryan for for many years, and um, and then met me. Actually, you know, just met me in a in a in a spin class. I you know, I'm an avid athlete as you know and I'm always doing something um, there was a connection uh, between what I was doing presently at that time which was I just got involved in private equity and structured finance and um, they had an interest talking to me and I think the individual saw my skill sets because I am an entrepreneur that's what I do I've been in seven different industries I started on the bottom of all of those industries and made made my way up to the top Um, so you know I'm a doer and I get things done and this individual just thought I would, would be a great fit, not only to, to help with the overall um, funding, but which was something kind of unique for me, but all, really to come in and, and help Ryan lead the franchise moving forward. So my role was very broad from 07 to 2011. Um, and Ryan and I worked very closely together in those early days. Um, his leadership and my leadership applied and, and we slowly built this thing moving forward. So it was, that was the relationship. Uh, it was really serendipitous in some ways. And, um, you know, and, and that's what brought us together. Amazing. It's not what, you know, it's who, you know, you know, <laughs> it's, that, it's that old rule. So Greg, sh- share with the audience. Um, you know, I had asked you what your, your new rule was going to be for the show. Find a new rule. It's just get a new rule. It's, you know, rule. And I'm not saying break laws. I'm talking about rules of life. You know, you, you have to, you know, we, we evolve, you know, and, and you have to continually evolve with, with life and search circumstances and situations. So 
Um, if you know, if you live by one rule your entire life, and I'm not, you know, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm speaking in a broad sense here. It's just in reality is you've got to be willing to change. That's that's the rule. You've got to be willing to change. If you hang on to something that worked yesterday, and that rule, and you want to take that rule forward, and it's not working anymore, you're going to go down with it. Well, and you need to extrapolate a little further. That's just like, okay, you have to think outside the box and you've got to get out of your comfort zone. There's no doubt about it if you want to grow and become successful today. You do. It's, it's in anything, our lives, you know, uh, we, live a, we live a very circular life. I mean, the calendar, you know, January comes around every year, Christmas, Easter, summer, Labor Day. We're kind of prone to think in, in, in a circular you know, closed system. And it's not, it's linear. You know, your life is ticking like everybody else's was a thousand years ago, 3000 years ago. It's a linear life and you got to view it that way. And you got to keep moving forward, not in a circle. And most people live within this trap, this system that really keeps us just rotating around and around to the same things every year, year out. When the truth is, you know, things continually to reality evolves. And you have to evolve with that reality. Well, you know, and it's one of the uh, things, one of my favorite things to talk about is that most people, you know, I find especially in huge metropolis areas are on a hamster wheel and they don't get off of it. It's just they, they can't see a way to get off. So I think your new rule of you've got to create a new rule. You've got to change the way you're you're living to have a better life, you know, to have your best life possible. I think what, you know, what you said is right on. I actually, I love what you said about create a new rule. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. It's, you got to live that. You really do. It's, it's, you know, that's, and that's, let me say this, easily said, rarely done. So, so it's, it's a big, that's a huge jump uh, for, for any individual, you know, because there's every reason why you, you can, there's excuses that you can't. I'm married. I got four kids. They're in school. I, I've heard it all, you know, there's, and then, well, that those decisions, and I'm not saying, you know, each, each has to make their own decisions and evaluate their own life and make decisions. I, I packed my family up in 2009 and moved them to Park City, Utah. You know, I, every friend around me said, how can you do that? Your kids are in school. What, what am I, they're in school here in Florida. What does that mean? I'm going to be a prisoner to Florida because my kids are in school in Florida. I can't move to Park City, Utah. I moved there for a year. They didn't like it. We moved back to Florida a year later. Now they live in California. I mean, it, 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 I don't understand the, the limitations we put on ourselves. Ah, very interesting. You're right. We do put limitations and barriers. Yeah. Can't be done. Why can't it be done? I remember sitting on a porch the summer. We, I just, I was, his head out now. I was, on the, I was on a porch in Park City, Utah in July of 2009. And I thought, I'm not going back to Florida. I hated that. The humidity. I'm looking at the beautiful mountains in Utah. I said, I said, we're moving out here. And the, my buddy from Florida who was next to me said, how in the world can you even consider that? I said, not only am I doing it, I'm doing it next month. And we did it. 30 days later, the family was out in Park City, Utah. Um, I have no regrets. My daughter wrote me a beautiful letter yesterday. Beautiful letter. Uh, she's a freshman now at Pepperdine out in California. And she wrote me a wonderful letter about her, her journey as, as my daughter. And, and the things that I did just like that, uh, that has made her who she is today and not putting limits on her life. And... Um, so, you know, the choices we make affect everyone around us, including our kids. 
Wow. That's, and I didn't know that you moved. I, you know, I didn't read that. So that, that's fascinating. And I think it's wonderful. You're leaving an amazing legacy for your children, not just what you did with this film, but just with your, your thinking and the way you're living your life. I think it sends great messages to your children, you know, and hopefully they'll be passing that on, you know, as well through the generations because, you know, you're living, you're not just existing. That's the difference. That, well, Colleen, well said. I sent a good old friend of 20 years ago, I sent them a, a, a chat message on Facebook. He's on, he's out on Atlanta now. I said, how you doing? He said, hanging in there, hanging in there. Start swinging, buddy. Start swinging <laughs> on that thing. You'll get somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. Okay. So Greg, you also had a, your favorite quote, which got, which definitely goes along with everything we're talking about. Um, do you remember what you wrote? <laughs> Favorite quote. Sure. That's uh, Mark Twain. Um, average person dies at 26, but is buried at 62. Yeah. And, you know, that just speaks volumes to me because um, somebody else mentioned, I forget which interview I did, but that, you know, the saddest thing is like being in a graveyard and seeing all the unsung stories. People <laughs> don't live out their lives. They don't live out their stories. And, Wow, that the average person dies at twenty six. That's that's sad. Yeah, you die. You die before you die. It's it's an amazing reality. I told you know I always encourage people to continually read and read and read biographies because you, you, these people are dead, <laughs> and you want to know how they lived and what they did. You can learn from their experiences, and, and you hear the same thing over and over and over again. That no matter what era of time it is. Most people choose not to live. They die at 26, and, and that's what Twain was talking about. But they'll be buried years later. So you give up before you before you stop breathing, and and that's something I think that's the only fear I have. And somebody asked me that finance uh, the LA Film Forum, Finance Film Forum, a few weeks ago. What are you afraid of? And I said, I'm not afraid of anything, but but a but a, a real mediocre life. I said, and I always push myself. I'm 50 now, you know, and I, and I'm probably run as I probably run harder now at 50, both physic, you know, physically and mentally than I did when I was young, and and um, I just you just wanna you wanna get all you can get out of this life, and and so it's it's important to me and it's important to inspire people to do that because I you know you only you only get I you only get one of these things called a life and. You know, you're only 18 once, as I tell my kids. You're only 20 once. You're only going to be 31 one time, and uh, and you're moving toward the end of the game as you get older. It's just it's it's not a trick. It's this is the reality to it. So, and no one is going to live your dream for you because nobody really cares about your dream but you. And if you want that dream to become a reality, you have to make it a reality. And that's where this exciting part of life comes in. And it's scary. Don't get me wrong. It's, you know, people think, oh, you know, you, you know, I'm afraid too, like everybody else, you know. Um, and, but, I, but I don't let fear stop me. That's the difference. I face it. There's a great quote in a movie, I think it was Braveheart, where it says, it's not brave unless you're afraid. So it's not the absence of fear. It's, the, it's bravery to do it anyway. Yeah, and it's also, you know, I recently read a few months ago that we all perform to the level of our self-esteem. And you definitely are very self-confident. You've got a, a lot of self-esteem and everything you're saying just proves that. 
you know, you, you're going out there, you're living the life you want, and you're, my God, Greg, it's anything but mediocre, so you don't have to worry about, you know, leaving this world and not having lived an amazing life because, you know, what you've created now, you know, the dream you've, you've followed is, is going to last, like you said, into perpetuity and, you know, children and adults for years and years and years to come are going to be able to enjoy it. So you put your head to the grind and you move forward and boy, did you accomplish a lot. Thank you. I appreciate that. I want to add something, Holly, to that because I think sometimes you, you're great. And I, I always knew when we got to this point in the project, you know, it, it would be, it would be, you know, like a, it's like Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, you know, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's great. Flowers, tulips, you know, nice ties, you know, but it was hell getting here. And, you know, you, people put you on the cross as many times as they possibly could along the way. You know, so when you live your dream, I'm going to tell you, one of the, one of the harsh realities, and if everybody listening to this, get ready. Because humanity on one side really loves what we're talking about. But on the other side, they hate those that try. And they'll do everything to stop you everything they possibly can. It's really a sad reality. I mean, I cannot tell you how many people told me no and that you'll never get this done. You would be shocked. Um, you'd be shocked at the, the jealousy and the envy of, of humanity out there. Uh, people would blog about, about what we were doing. They'd go as far as saying, you know, we're scammers. We're not even making a movie. Um, you'd be shocked and you don't even know these people. And some you find out who they are and you can't believe it was somebody that knew you that did that. And, you know, so you got to realize that it's going it, to, it comes, it comes going through the dark forest, you know, as you have in the wizard of Oz, you know, and there are, there are evils out there that really try to prevent humanity from living these types of lives because it's, because it's real. And that's, and it's, it sets you free. So just like the Wizard of Oz, you know, as they were journeying, they believed in something. They believed at the end of that, that yellow brick road, there was going to be answers uh, to their dreams. Dorothy wanted to go home. Scarecrow wanted a brain. A lion wanted courage. Tin Man wanted a heart. These are things that they dreamed of having and they wanted. And they journeyed. And along that journey, you know what happened. There were monkeys. There were witnesses. The witch it's trying to prevent them. From, from finding the truth. And you know what the truth was? The truth was the wizard did not have the answers. He was more screwed up than the four of them put together. And the reality in the story of the Wizard of Oz was it was always within you. And you know, that's the greatest journey that we have in this world. It's the one of going into yourself. You know, and I gotta tell you, you said something how self-confident I am. Let me, let me say this. That doesn't mean arrogant. And, and my kids will tell you, I tell my kids all the time, I am the nicest, I can't use the word, but I say the nicest idiot you'll ever meet in your life. And it's true because as I journey deeper in myself, I see the good and the bad, but I live with both of them because I'm not, I can't change, you know, you're going to be an idiot sometimes. You're going you're gonna, to you're, you're gonna blow it. Um, and you're also, I'm also really good. And so I learned to live within that dichotomy. You can't get rid of the bad in you. It's there, no matter what. But you realize it, it, doesn't, it doesn't delineate the good. And so that's when you become confident because you know you're a schmuck. Big deal. I'm also a great guy. 
That's right. There's two sides to every coin. We it know is. that. You embrace that and you just, because, and you know what, when somebody criticizes, I love what Jesus said. He said, you know, it's funny. He used, somebody was, was judging somebody. He says, you judge, you try to take the speck out of somebody's eye. It's like a little bit of, little hair in someone's eye and you notice it. Meanwhile, Jesus said, you have a plank in your own eye, a plank. And you're looking at somebody's little piece of hair in their eye. So if you look at somebody else, it's going to be a whole lot bigger in your eye because it's, it's, that's what you should be focusing on. And, um, and so it's, you know, like I said, you'll, you'll, you're going to find, you're going to find a lot of naysayers in this world. You're going to find people that don't want you to live your dream. And they're going to say a lot of horrible things about you. But if you really understand yourself and believe in yourself and are confident in yourself, the good and the bad, you can overcome those things. Well, yeah, you kind of are just describing what an entrepreneur is, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I, t I totally get it and it, it totally resonates with me. Uh, so, yeah, there, look, there's always people out there. But why don't you just share with the audience, too, the, the type of cast that you guys were able to attract to the movie? Yeah, really shocking for us, you know, back in the early days, you know, we never had, a, we never imagined we'd see a cast, you know, of, of this, of this magnitude, but Leah Michelle plays Darth, you know, Leah from Glee, and uh, we are a musical, so we have eight great songs in the film, Leah has a chance to sing three of those songs in the film, Megan Hilty is, is in our film, Jim Belushi is the lion, Danny Aykroyd, Scarecrow, Kelsey Grammer is the Tin Man, you Dancy is the is one of the newer characters the uh, mallow marshmallow um and then you have oliver platt that plays um wise of the owl sir patrick stewart plays a great character called tug and bernadette peters is glenda and martin short kind of leads the whole thing uh with his role as the jester who's the new villain in the film and it's a tremendous story by the way of um of bringing people together as dorothy does um, as she did formerly in, in Oz and then had to do back in Kansas after the tornado hits because we're a sequel. And then she goes back to Oz as the jester is wreaking havoc in that world and she really has to overcome uh, you know, his, his, his plot to destroy Oz. Well, I was actually very fortunate. I was out in Arizona and I, was, uh, I went to see with my sister and my niece, Frozen, and I actually got to see the trailer for, for Dorothy of Oz for, you know, Legends. So I'm actually very excited, you know, to see the film. Looking looking forward. It is a great, I got to be honest with Holly, and I'm, I'm definitely objective because if you, don't, if you don't believe me, you can talk to the producers and the directors because when I don't like something, they hear it. Um, nicely, of course. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a big skeptic of what we do. You want everything to be the best. And I got to tell you, that film, after we finished it in 12, we went, we, we, we screened it. Uh, for hundreds, I think. I actually, I think we showed it to um, probably about three thousand people, and then we went back to the drawing board and we put more money into the movie, and we really made some great, great um, changes to the film, and we then showed it to over ten thousand people from um, mid thirteen right to the end of thirteen around the world. We were at the Cannes Film Festival, Odyssey, and then of course here in the states, and um, it's a it, is, it really is. It plays so well. I'm very, really, really proud of what we've done and, um, and what we're going to be putting onto the screen for families. And it, it all started with a book, Greg? Yeah, I'm sorry? It all started with a book that Roger Baum's grand, grandson wrote? Yeah, Ro uh, Frank Baum. Who oh, wrote Frank Baum. Okay, yeah, I'm Frank, sorry. Frank wrote The Wizard of Oz. Uh, and he also, Frank wrote, before he died in 1919, he wrote four, uh, 14 sequels. 
of his own. And then his great-grandson in 1987, Roger Baum, began to write his own stories. He's written 16 sequels. We actually bought the first 10, including one of his bestsellers, Dorothy of Oz, which is really what our first film is based on, Legends of Oz. We have three animation films that will be hitting the big screens over the next um, six to eight years, and then we'll release every three years. Our second one is now going into production, and we'll hit the big screen in 2017. And so, yeah, it's, it's all based on, on Roger's books, and uh, our book is now available. The book that's based off of the script is now available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And we're going to keep the we're gonna, We really believe we have, with this hitting the, the younger demographic as well as parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents, we feel that this can literally take the story of The Wizard of Oz another hundred years into the future. Well, it's an amazing, amazing project, and it's an amazing what you've accomplished. I mean, I'm sitting here just in awe, you know, <laughs> listening to everything. So congratulations, really. Thank you. Wonderful, Thank you. wonderful accomplishment. So before we head out, let's just share with the audience what one of your favorite books is. You know, I think somebody asked me that question yesterday. I think they were trying to prep me while I was doing a million things. And, you know, there's so many books that I've read. I will tell you um, one book that always stands out and is one book I recommend. It's, it's, it's Pour Your Heart Into It. You might want to say that because of my accent. People probably say, what are you going to say? But it's uh, Pour Your Heart Into It. It's by Howard Schultz, uh, CEO of Starbucks. And it was his first book that came out back in the 90s. And I think how I'm inspired by, by similarities to what I do and, and what I believe in. Howard Schultz if you read his story, you know, what, what, it doesn't matter what you think of Starbucks today. I, I think when you go back and realize where it started back in the 70s and where it is today and why it's here, it's Howard Schultz. And, um, and his vision and his passion um, uh, with the bean, I think, is inspiring for all of us. Another book, a great book to read is Steve Jobs' biography. Um, you know, that's a must. You know, to, you know that it really is a must. You, I think those are two men. Uh, in this time period, and again, there's a lot of women as well that, that I would encourage uh, that have done phenomenal things and continue to do phenomenal things. But those are two, those are two stories um, that I think we're very fortunate to be alive during, during, during the lives of these two, these two individuals because what they've done worldwide, how they've changed so many industries, um, especially Steve Jobs, seven industries he affected uh, before his death. Um, I think is, is a must read for anybody out there trying to at least live a life of meaning, doing, doing something that's meaningful to yourself. So, you know, there's a couple I can go through hundreds of books, but those are two that I would tell you to definitely read. Yeah. And I mean, you definitely explain why. So, you know, I appreciate that. So before we go, any last words for our listeners? Oh my gosh. I don't know. You know, I don't have last words for anything. As soon as I, I'm done with you, I'll keep talking. So you know, <laughs> never a last word until I stop breathing. So, um. <laughs> well, I really appreciate your coming on today. And, and I know my audience is going to really get a lot of golden nuggets from what you said, because you just persevered and kept going. And I will, you know, list under the podcast your website, and I will list a little bit more information about the movie. That when is the release date, Greg? May 9th. Can't wait. Uh, premiere is May 3rd, and then the release uh, May 9th. Okay, awesome. I'll put that all under the podcast. So, thank you so much for joining us. 
If you would like to connect with Greg, he is active on Facebook, and you can find the information on the notes we have created, especially for this episode on hollyrovinger.com. An easy way to start the conversation is to mention you heard him speak on the new rules for your life and your business podcast. And if you like this episode, please consider leaving a five-star review over in iTunes, and I'll mention it in a future episode as a way to give you a big thank you. By leaving a review and downloading an episode, it makes the podcast more visible and easier for others like you to find. Thank you so much for listening today on new rules for your life and your business. Have a great week and remember, always have a positive mindset so you can live healthier and wealthier and happier with passion. This is Holly signing off for today, but before we go, Greg has made his new rule and is following the yellow brick road. And what I want to ask is, are you? Thanks for listening to the new rules for your life and your business podcast. If you're listening and you want to grab contact details for today's guest, information on resources mentioned, or any other show notes, head over to hollyrovinger.com for complete details. That's www.hollyrovinger.com. We would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. So leave us a comment on the website or an honest review on iTunes. And to get regular tips to help you in today's rapidly changing world, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the new rules for your life and your business.